Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I am also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. So I am delighted that on our show today is Parmen Veer, also from International Leadership Association. She's a professional uh, in her professional career spanning 40 years. Parmadar has dedicated herself to positively impact and transform lives through her work in philanthropy, entrepreneurship, film and television production, arts and culture, and investment funding. She is an inspirational leader who has excelled not just in one field but in many. Passion, vision, integrity, tenacity, and curiosity are qualities that lie at the heart of her achievements. She served at the at, as the CEO of the Tony Alamalu, is that correct, Parminder Foundation? Absolutely, Tony Alamalu Foundation. Thank you, which is Africa's leading philanthropic organization based in Lagos, Lagos, Nigeria, from April 2014 to April 2019. She designed and launched one of the most ambitious entrepreneurship programs on the continent of Africa, the TEF Entrepreneurship Program, a 10-year, $100 million commitment to identify, train, mentor, and fund 10,000 entrepreneurs from across the continent. Under her five-year leadership, the the foundation has cemented its role as the principal advocate for African entrepreneurship, empowering thousands on their path to economic and social transformation. And one of my commitments on this show is really elevating the quality of leadership from around the world. So I am delighted to have you with us, Parminder. And and so during the show, we're going to talk about um, the International Leadership Association's mission has been to add advanced leadership knowledge and practice for a better world. Through this platform, they organize events and conferences, assembling talent across sectors, cultures, disciplines, and generations. And for their fourth Women and Leadership Conference, a community of like-minded women and some men, young and old, spent three days discussing, debating, and reflecting on ways in which women's leadership potential can be developed, energized, and liberated for the greater good. Parminder joins us today to share her insights from that from the Women in Leadership Conference and from her life experiences. So this is going to be an incredibly rich conversation uh, talking about women's leadership, entrepreneurship on the continent of Africa, and and Parminder's experience overall as a leader. So thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure, Maureen. Thank you for inviting me. 
So in the first segment, we're going to talk about the state of women in leadership. So for you, what's the state of women's leadership in the world today, especially in the rise of the digital age? Well, I think having, I was born in India, in, in Punjab. I lived in, have grown up really all my adult life in the UK and I've traveled the world making films and most recently, as you mentioned, living and working in Lagos. Um, the engagement, the involvement, the participation of women in the economies and in, in, in social life and cultural life of any country anywhere in the world is fundamentally important, yeah? Um, and, you know, and, and we know that when women are part of the workforce, um, part of the entire society, economically, those countries thrive and they, and, and they grow. So, you know, the, the, you know, yes, you know, as women, we, there's a constant struggle, um, no matter what culture you are, or no matter what part of the world, the developed economies or the so-called developing economies, um, the challenges that women face are, are virtually the same, right? Um, and, and, you know, they are institutional challenges, they are cultural challenges in terms of being able to take our place both in the home um, and the custodians of, you know, of cultures, but also in the workplace. So, so it's interesting that irrespective of country or national origin and culture, we're all grappling with fairly similar struggles or challenges or opportunities. Well, I think we're grappling, but also we are um, forging and pioneering the why women need to be integrated into society as a whole. Wherever we are in the world, we represent 50% of the population. To leave 50% of the population anywhere in the world behind um, just doesn't make business sense. It doesn't make social sense. It doesn't make cultural sense. Well, and we also know that countries that integrate women throughout roles in society tend to evolve more quickly and be more uh, productive. No, absolutely. I think um, countries, I mean, you know, certainly there are some countries in Europe, particularly Sweden, right, Um, where, you know, they've institutionalized this notion of integration, yeah, Um, and in terms of, you know, their policies and practices. So there are examples of fantastic good practice that we can look to where we know when women are in leadership roles from CEO to you know, middle management roles, um, those companies do really phenomenally well, yeah? We know that, you know, when women are sitting at the boards of, of some of, you know, of the, of the companies and, and also public sector organization, the nature and the quality of the conversation is very, very different. I know that from experience, having sat on many boards where I was often the only, not just the only woman, but always also the woman of color on, on a board. And, you know, and, and observing how you can change the conversation um, and, and begin to open the mindsets of the men um, who think is their, you know, you know, birthright to make the kinds of decisions on behalf of women. I think also as a mother of two young daughters, a 30-year-old and a 26-year-old, I see how they are forging their, you know, their way in society as very strong, independently self-directed women. 
So we the, embedded in this question was the the state of women, especially in the rise of the digital age. Is the digital age impacting the role and the opportunities for women? It is, yeah, and a lot more can, must be done. Um, we know that globalization and technology are two big drivers for, you know, in terms of economies around the world, yeah? And certainly amongst women, you know, one of the big things is about, you know, skilling women with with the digital skills that they need in order to be able to compete in the digital world. Um, You know, I mean, it's no coincidence that, you know, there are a large number of e-commerce businesses that have been successfully set up and run by women. But, you know, investing, we, you know, digital, we know it's not universal, right? The availability yeah. and, and the knowledge and, and the technology is not universal. You know, but I know, you know, having traveled across the African continent and in India, a woman with a mobile and phone and then a woman with a mobile phone, which is a 4G, a smartphone, there's nothing stopping her in terms of, you know, how she manages her life and how she manages her, her, her business, because inevitably, particularly in the informal in sectors um, across the African continent and in India, um, you know, women do have to work and they do work while also running their homes very, very successfully. But, you know, there is a need, you know, we talk about institutionalizing luck and democratizing opportunities um, but it, they don't seem to go beyond the urban elite. And it's really important that governments, companies, organizations, private and public sectors begin to look at how they can really institutionalize that, um, you know, that luck and, and, and democratize that opportunity by, you know, simple things like providing, you know, investing in training programs and platforms which really enable women to develop the necessary skills they need in order to leverage the technologies, yeah? And, you know, okay. I'm just thinking of a couple of women here in the U.S. who happen to be personally in my life who both work remotely, and what they needed was a laptop, right? And to your point, one got training on the job for how to do her work. She went in relatively unskilled, but having the technology she had to provide the laptop she can work from home she doesn't need to have a car which for some people is a a significant barrier Uh, the other one is a mom of a a couple of now adult children but she wanted to be available for her children so wanted to work from home again with a laptop and a cell phone as you say both of these women have opportunities that that would not have been available to them had they needed to be in an office during a certain point in uh, hours of the day And, and it is as simple as a laptop but it's also as simple as, you know, the, the, the employers, if there is this thing, you know, you're either a job creator or a job seeker and women are creating jobs, right? Um, you know, but they, where women are seeking employment, yeah? I mean, it's also, you know, a simple thing about having, you know, flexible working hours or that the flexibility that enables women to be able to work from home, juggle the home as well as, um, as well as, you know, to to actually do some work, which you know, which um, earns them income, 
it is, you know, yes, it is about providing the technology and providing the training is the access. I mean, I'll give you an, an example of, you know, one of the entrepreneurs who applied to the program was a woman who was going to um, do spice. You know, she was going to, her business was spices, yeah? The, and she was from Cote d'Ivoire. She managed to complete the application, which was an online application. She got selected out of, I don't know, 150,000 applicants. Wow. And when I met her, you know, so she got selected and I happened to be in Cote d'Ivoire in Abidjan. And she said, ma'am, um, you know, I got selected, which is fantastic. But, you know, the 12-week the, the program is an online program. But I designed it in a way that you could download each module. And the idea was you apply the, the you know, the, the, um, the tasks in that module to setting up your business. And she said, but I don't have access to a computer and I don't know I'm going to be able to do this online. So I said, firstly, it's not an online program. But secondly, I said, but you did manage to fill out an application. How did you do that? She said, I got a friend to help me. I said, well, then you need to go back to that friend and say, help me go through the 12-week modules. Three to six months later, I met her again, and she gave me her spices. And I said, and I said, you have the option of either dropping out of the program or finding a solution she found the solution six months later i saw her again and she presented me with her spices i said my god how did you do that she said i took your advice and i brought in a a partner who knows all about technology and now i've learned how to sell my spices i'm using technology platform so you know i mean and that was a woman who can just about read and write and there are many many other stories it's amazing to me that you are finding ways to enable, to your point, not the upper top few percent, but the the broader range of the population who don't walk in with the same resources. Exactly. I mean, it is the bottom of the pyramid. I mean, there's, you know, again, you know, we talk about, you know, policies and practices for gender balance, etc. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that was one of the exciting things about being at the ILA conference was that they were looking for solutions, um, you know, around leadership. But, you know, from the perspective of women across society, yeah, women, rural women, semi-urban women, illiterate women, women who work in the informal sectors, um, domestic workers who work in the service industries, yeah. I really feel as we, as women who are seeking to become leaders, I think it's really important we're not seeking to occupy you know, positions in these organizations, right? Um, but that we're seeking to change the mindsets and the cultures of these organizations. So they really do embrace what I call the bottom of the pyramid, which is the mass of the populations. Thank you so much for saying that and for sharing not only your experience, but also the conversations at the ILA. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about challenges and opportunities unique to women in the world of business. You're listening to Parminder Veer and Maureen Metcalf, and we're talking about women in leadership across the globe. So I encourage you during the break to think about opportunities that you have seen women find ways to leverage. So Parmenter talked about 
um, the woman who was able to find a partner so that she could navigate the technology challenges. And we see amazingly industrious people across the globe who, when when they have the opportunity, can find brilliant ways to, to leverage it. So we'll be right back. Innovative leaders co-creating the future. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. Today we're talking about women in leadership with Parminder Veer, and she's talking about the fourth 
Women in Leadership Conference held by the International Leadership Association and the collaboration in moving women forward and finding solutions not only for those uh, women at the top of the pyramid, but also for those at the middle and bottom of the pyramid. So, Parmenter, what are the challenges and opportunities unique to women in the world of business leadership today? I think the challenges are really, I mean, you know, we can go on all the kind of institutional challenges, yeah? But I, I'd like to focus on the mindset challenges. Mm, okay. I think really, um, you know, in terms of, you know, that nobody, I never went to, I never learned leadership as a theoretical thing. I never went to school to learn about leadership. I didn't do an MBA or a master's or anything on leadership development. So, you know, I was petrified when I was invited by ILA, ILA to come and speak on women in leadership. But it made me reflect and I really thought, where the hell did these leadership qualities come from? And I think, you know, I mean, I use the words like... Um, um, you know, it was that kind of this deliberate audacity, the enduring optimism um, that really, as a child of an immigrant arriving in Britain at the age of 10, not speaking a word of English, having to find my own way in in this country, and, you know, and from a working class background without, you know, not a silver spoon in my mouth, no networks or anything. So I think the challenge for women is to make your own opportunity, to make your own luck and to create those opportunities um, from the place of, you know, the passion and the purpose that you want to pursue. I think the biggest challenge is finding your passion and purpose. Everything has a passion and purpose. You know, the other day, I employed three young girls of um, Polish origins, immigrants in the UK, um, for deep cleaning of my house. I have never seen more dedicated, more inspired, more hardworking young women. I think there must be about 27, 28 year olds who work to help me deep clean my house um, in, you know, with, and with such love and such affection for their work. Yeah. So I think, you know, there is um, dignity in everything that we do. And, and for me, it's really and it's what I've taught my daughters that until and unless you find your passion and purpose, um, there'll always be the glass ceiling or the, you know, the, the concrete ceilings that, um, that, that you're going to be hitting your head against, yeah? And if you have that passion and purpose, then yes, you think, okay, this is what I want to do. But I can see a lot of barriers which are not just affecting my growth, but are, going, are affecting other women's growth. What can I do to alleviate that? Yeah. I mean, I certainly saw that in when I was, you know, as a film and television producer, you know, in 1996, I woke up and said, oh, my God, I think I hit the glass ceiling in this industry 10 years after I joined it. Um, but I, you know, but I was, I was infuriated by the fact that, you know, the British film and television industry was really not harnessing the talent for, of the black and Asian community in Britain to work on screen and behind the screen in this sector. And that led me to begin to see, well, how can we bring, how can we bring, bring about a change in that? And so the passion for storytelling led to campaigning for getting 
greater representation, employment of talent on screen and behind screen in Britain with the formation of the Cultural Diversity Network. So I, you know, for me, it's really fundamental that you that women, you know, who are looking to become, you know, in 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 leadership um, positions. But it, even if it's, you know, the only leadership, you know, you need to provide is self leadership and self direction. Yeah. Um, we must, we as women must stop looking to our fathers, our husbands, our brothers to provide us with leadership. We must provide ourselves with our own leadership. I love the the descriptions of in, enduring optimism and audacity along with passion and purpose. And I would say for me as well, tenacity. And there are a lot of days, life just seems hard. Uh, and I'm at the top of the pyramid. It seems hard. I can't imagine not knowing how I would feed my children. No, totally. And that's because you don't, you know, there isn't, you know, leadership is a journey, right? It's not a destination. And, you know, you know, and I know that we think, oh, my God, I've, I'm climbing this hill. And when I get to the top, that will be it. And then you look up and you see there's another hill and there's another hill. And I, you know, and yes, you know, the first is feeding our children. And now that our children have grown up, you know, it, there's, you know, there's always constant renewal and, and constantly facing new challenges. I think, I think the women who live in comfort zone, I think the other is tenacity, but also constantly living and working out of your comfort zones. Yeah, which... Uh, seems at least for me to be most of my life. You know, as, you talk, as you talk about climbing the hill, um, I, I, never, I did not grow up as an athletic young woman. And at some point in time, one of my closest friends was doing adventure travel. So oh. hiking the Incan Trail and climbing Kilimanjaro and those things. And again, not very athletic as a young woman and probably still not. So you know, we're climbing, climbing, climbing. And I was doing exactly that. Like we've got 3000 feet to go and I get to the top of something and oh my goodness, it's that much longer. Same with kayaking. We It looks like we're going a short distance and four hours later, it still looks like we have as far to go. And it is interesting how we set our goals and define success so that we are able to have enough energy to, to stay the course but when it seems... But it's the meditation on that journey, which is the most important thing, isn't it? Your own transformation as you're making that journey, whether you're climbing or whether you're kayaking um, and, and meditating very deeply on who are you, what, what are you, where, what is your dest- destiny and, and destination? And for me, it was the the hiking was a a big personal change, again, overcoming. So being a kid that wouldn't even run the 300-yard dash in high school and then doing multi-day, in some cases, quite rigorous travel and developing the own my own internal strength to put one foot in front of the other just because failure would have been so humiliating but knowing that I needed to build that ability to continue forward on days where I just wanted to quit and that that inner skill really has served me well 
in my current roles. But also what comes through from just listening to you, it's, you know, it's in, you know we're not fearful of hard work, right? When mm, no. About hard work. We know what is hard work, yeah? We're not undisciplined. We are extremely disciplined. If we can run our homes and run our companies and, and then go and run organizations, that's an extraordinary, which is what we as women do, right? I think it's really important that we as women embrace failure. For me, failure is a fundamental right of every human being because it's only through failure that we learn, yeah? And a lot of women from a very young age are taught not to fail. Fail, To fail is a bad thing, but it's really important to fail because without failing, we we do not grow, right? And I think also that we hold the big picture um, and not... We're not siloed in our thinking, in our imagination, and and to allow our imagination to run wild. So can you give an example of where you failed, and then the second half of that, what do you imagine is possible now in your world? Wow, where have I failed? Where do I start? I think it's... (laughs) You know, when you're making films, um, you know, failure is a daily occurrence because, and you know this, you know, you're pitching ideas, you know, you really want to make this film for television or for the big screen and you're getting no, 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 no. And you think, oh my God, is there something wrong with my ideas? Um, So I, you know, for me, it was always like, okay, I've got 10 no's, 20 no's, 30 no's, but there'll be that one film that one idea, um, which will be, you know, which will be the transformative moment. So I guess I learned very early on, but when I, you know, began working in the film and television industry, um, thankfully for me, it wasn't until I was in my 30s, I turned 30 when I moved into the industry. So I'd already had a career before that. Um, You know, being able to, it's a failure, but it is a failure because if, you know, those were accumulative no's, I could have given up in, you know, within the first six months of joining this industry and said, no one's ever going to back my idea. Um, crazy film, you know, I want to go off and make a film about Algerian women who fought in the Algerian revolution. Um, who is going to actually finance that? Yeah, who's going to support me to go and find those women who fought in the revolution 30 years ago? And then to talk to them and ask, see what happened to them. Um, but I know that, you know, that was one of probably, you know, a hundred ideas that I, of films that I wanted to make before I got that one um, off the ground. I think, um, so failure in, in that sense, yes, in, in setting up a number of businesses um, with founding partners, and knowing that it's, you know, it, they had run their course. For, so I learned, and it's a word that's obviously very much in our vocabulary as entrepreneurs, is pivoting. So if I yeah. think learned that they weren't failures, that I was constantly having to pivot and say, and so that was on projects, but also in terms of one's own, you know, you know professional career, yeah? You know, so I... I worked in the arts and I went so far and then I pivoted into film and television production and then I pivoted into film and media financing, always learning new skills um, and adding to my kind of knowledge um, bank um, in, in, in order to be able to then take those 
take that knowledge into my next work. So I think, you know, learning to pivot um, is that I think that's what I, I've done. But I think the other is, you know, particularly with, you know, I found myself in my late 50s, I turned 60 in Lagos, Nigeria, in fact, was really um, seizing the opportunities, yeah? So I believe that, you know, in my own professional career, I've created the opportunities, yeah? I've seen a gap, and I've gone in there and created an opportunity where I know I can add value. I think probably because I wasn't looking for a job, yeah? But adding Mm -hmm to whatever I was doing, whether being an entrepreneur within an organization because I wanted the organization to change or being an entrepreneur, you know, setting up my own various um, companies that I did. Um, so I think that, you know, you know that, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is fundamental um, to be able to create your opportunities and to seize the opportunities and not to be afraid to learn new skills. So, Parmendari, we have about two minutes left in this segment. You've talked a lot about pivoting and what got you here. You're now 60, and in some cases, you are probably the crone or the wise woman. What What is your next pivot, and what, what makes that exciting to you? I think the next pivot is reflection, is consolidation, um, you know, having you know, worked in the in the arts, then in the film and television industries, and then in the last five years of falling in love absolutely with the African continent, seeing mm-hmm. why Africa matters, not just for Africans, but for us across the world. Africa is the future. And if Africa succeeds, we all succeed. And if Africa fails, we all fail. In, in globally, yeah. Um, and, you know, so I think I see, I guess, my next pivot or the next, I don't know, iteration is really to to tell the Africans, you know, to work with African entrepreneurs, to work with African storytellers, to really change the perception of Africa um, in the outside world. It's a beautiful aspiration, and I love the idea. Again, my commitment is elevating the quality of leadership across the globe by omitting an entire continent. We, because we do now function as a global economy, it, it, it's like excluding half of the population and excluding women. We have to be more inclusive. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up this segment, I encourage our listeners to think about where are you pivoting next? What are you most excited about in where you are? And for, for many people, there isn't a, an, an imminent pivot. But what's, what's that biggest aspiration based on your passion and purpose? And we'll be right back for the final segment with Parmen Veer and Maureen Metcalf. And we're focusing on women in leadership. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. We are talking to Parminder Veer about women in leadership and specifically at this point about falling in love with the continent of Africa and how that relates to women in leadership. So Parminder, let's do a couple of statistics and then I'm still fascinated by your story and how this pivot will make a difference in the world. Well, let's look at statistics. I was avoiding throwing statistics. And, you know, obviously, you know, the World Bank, you know, all the, you know, the, the five big sort of, you know, um, organizations like PricewaterhouseCoopers and Accenture, et cetera. I mean, you know, there's endless reports that tell you, you know, 
it's not rocket science, guys. You know, including women in everything makes sense, right? Um, you know, and you know, I mean, here's one from the Harvard Business School, which shows that according to an analysis of like a thousand, thousands of 360 degree reviews, women outscored men 17 of the 19 capabilities that differentiate excellent leaders from the average or the poor ones. Another one from PricewaterhouseCooper World Work Index in 2018, um, you know, they've done a lot of, you know, a lot of research on gender balance, pay equity, discrimination, and hostile workplaces. They concluded that achieving economic gender parity in line with, say, for example, you know, one of the most, you know, amazing examples is obviously Sweden, which has one of the highest female employment rates, could add U.S. $1.82 trillion to the GDP of the United States of your country, right? $500 million of that, of that to, to that of Japan, and another $310 billion to that of Germany, and in my own country, the United Kingdom, you know, engaging women as part of the workforce, you know, they will add $250 billion um, to, to the UK's GDP. You know, when professional women thrive, it's, 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 it's absolutely fundamentally clear. So do businesses, organizations, and global economies. Thank you for sharing the statistics. We'll now go back to more of the personal stories, but I think it is relevant to ground the conversation in everyone wins, right? Adding money to to the GDP creates better goods and services where, where almost everyone I talk to is struggling to find sufficient talent to deliver on the orders they have in their businesses right now. And now that's in the U.S. and people I'm working with directly, we're facing significant talent shortages and there are there are solutions to this that aren't crazy or so far away they're they're reachable so so from that then let's talk about some of the tools skills and information that women leaders need to be armed with in the current business culture and again I would love to hear stories about how you're doing this in your current work I think certainly you know like going back most recently around the work I did with the Tony Lumulu Foundation it was you know obviously empowering 10,000 entrepreneurs that was the commitment over the next 10 years from 2015 in fact you know we've already empowered 7,000 plus entrepreneurs um, because we also managed to get additional partners or partners to support additional entrepreneurs. We selected 1,000. I mean, one of the things right in, in you know, the start of the program, 24% of the applications that um, we received were from women business owners across 51 of the African, 54 African countries. And I made it my mission that um, within five years, I would aim for a 50-50. And by 2019, um, that number had increased to 41%, yeah? Um, so, you know, how was that achieved? It wasn't that one created a separate door, marked women, you know, entrepreneurship program, but actually using, you know, the success stories of, of the women who had applied and had been selected, using them as the role models to say, you know what, entrepreneurs, 
on you know women look you know here are the women entrepreneurs and you too um could be an entrepreneur um because they're not that dissimilar to what you look like yeah young professional they're not you know not always um you know coming from that kind of you know very diverse um base of 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 the african economies so i guess what i'm saying is you know that's an example of how you can empower women with the basic tools of edu- of of training you know skilling them is capacity building um you know with a structured approach to how you take go from an idea for a business to actually launching it through mentoring and i think it's really important that women wherever they are in in whatever you know levels of society there are you know we do not get where we get we've got to without our mentors yeah and really to encourage more and more women to become mentors and not just constantly be looking to men to mentor women and women must also begin to mentor other um other women so you know training mentoring and then providing those women with a tiny seed capital of $5000 um what blew my mind was that is amazing what you know young african or african women entrepreneurs can do with the training with the mentoring and the $5000 um and you know with the right mindset in terms of going from an idea to a business which is generating revenue so it's putting food on the table and and impacting their community their family and their communities um but also creating jobs and employing other women um so i think that you know that's an example of how you can really make a you know make a, a fundamental shift in such a short time and it's that i mean and, you know and that's the success story that um that the foundation is now riding on that we didn't create a separate program for women but we integrated the needs of women entrepreneurs into the program um for entrepreneurship development I love the idea of the integration. I I run a program in my local community and we've talked about it's a technology leadership development program and we've talked about should we do women's programs and men's programs and I am strongly of the view and I know there are variations and and circumstances that are different but that if I create my own um door for only women to go through then they're excluded from the power structure by the very choice of going through a women only program and so i have a strong bias not that it's appropriate for every situation certainly but that we do integrate women and men because especially as entrepreneurs many of the challenges we're facing are similar and i also like the that you attract people to the program by building on the success of others that it's not by looking at the shortage of we only have 41% but wow we have 41% and how do we tell their stories which is something you're brilliant at to attract more people rather than uh, again focusing on the deficiencies absolutely and and using women you know we you know whenever we reach for examples of successful entrepreneurs you know bill gates steve jobs all these male um you know mark zuckerberg except you know these names roll of our tongue yeah mm-hmm. we need to get to a position where 
you know, we women business leaders' names begin to roll off our tongues, right? Um, whether they are, you know, whether they are, you know, dynamic entrepreneurs, high growth entrepreneurs, or really, you know, the big now multinational corporate entrepreneurs, they all started with an idea. They all started with a passion, yeah. And you know, and we as women must, in in our own narrative, in our in our own storytelling begin to highlight celebrate you know women who are building extraordinary solutions because after all that's what you are as an entrepreneur you've seen a gap or you've seen a problem and you are filling that you are you know you're building a solution around that problem yeah you know one of the, the other things you mentioned is mentoring and I interviewed actually a woman. Um, she's a CIO for a multi-billion dollar company. And she talked about her mentors being people she knows in person that she's worked with, male and female, but also that she looks to people as mentors that she's never met. So someone could follow you on a podcast and they could consider you a mentor even though you don't hang out and have coffee in person. I think that's fundamental, and that is again, you know, you know, technology. What is it? It's an enabler, yeah. And I just think that if we can begin to use it as an an enabling tool, um, the greater its impact, yeah. Um, you know, certainly now there's not, you know, you don't, you know, when I built the data bank or the mentoring program as part of the mentor learning program at the foundation, I didn't limit the mentors to just the African continent. Um, people ah. applied from around the world. We have amazing mentors from the U.S., U.K., Australia, China, mentoring African entrepreneurs on the continent. Yeah, and those many of those mentors have begun, you know, have developed very deep relationships with entrepreneurs and enterprises that they have never, that they haven't met. Yeah, face to face. Um, so no, for me, mentoring is 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 a fundamental pillar of um, professional development and 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 personal growth as well. And the more we can institutionalize mentoring wherever we are, in whatever capacity, whether we're running our own businesses or whether we're working in a in a corporate environment. Um, the more that we will grow the talents, you know, that there's no shortage of talent, actually. There's the policies and the practices of organizations that blind them um, to talent that is, that is there in their midst um, and to harnessing that talent. You know, for me, in, in, in across the African continent, the Africa's biggest resource, its most precious resource, is its human capital. And and the challenge for the African leaders, whether they're political or whether they're business leaders, is to harness that human capital. And so do you have one recommendation as we're coming to the close of the show for how, so I'm in Ohio, how would I contribute to the solution? I, you know, I think you start local, yeah? I mean, you start locally because Ohio, you know, it's really interesting that I've been reading a lot about the loss, the sad loss of Toni Morrison. You know, she was born, she, she's from Ohio, yeah? She started small. She started writing in, you know, in 
from her from the place where she came from um you know she understood her local environment she understood the local challenges yeah and so i think if you are in ohio and you're a woman and and you're either looking to set up your own business or you're looking to go and add value and 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 really make an impact in an in an existing organization i think it is goes back to find your passion and purpose um develop a road map of how you're going to get from a to b to c it's not like you're going to arrive overnight um it's a long 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 term journey you know a leadership is a long term journey it's not a you know and and the important thing is that you live that you make that journey with integrity and integrity is that you you know that you're constantly reminding yourself of the why you are doing this yeah um yes it could be just because i need to earn some money but you know just earning money in in itself is not an enough of a motivator um i feel that too much in western societies so i guess in all societies i mean i guess i you and i have been very lucky in that you know our professional life and our personal life are very integrated um because we love and we're passionate about you know who wouldn't be working in the media and creative industries or <laughs> as you know or changing lives of hundreds of thousands of people as i've done working on the african continent um but for a lot of people is you know go to a factory they're doing their job and then they they're coming home i guess given the you know that we the world is changing and it is really technology driven um is the knowledge economy and we as women need to begin to build our knowledge banks. Um, so Parmender, I'm going to stop you right there because we're at the one minute point. Um, and, and I love the idea that we build our knowledge. We build it through, you've talked about training and mentoring and structured approaches and changing our mindsets and developing a roadmap. So, so to the aspiring women leaders, always stay focused on the why, which you just mentioned, and not on the what of the chosen field. When you lose sight of the why and your passion for what you're doing, uh, what you're doing will be diminished, and it's impossible to inspire and lead from a point of diminished. And what I've heard from you through this entire conversation is your passion and your commitment to what you do and what you're going to do going forward in on the continent of Africa. So for our listeners, always remembering the why, because it's in the light of that that your energy will guide the activities and make possible what seems impossible. that life is a journey leadership is a journey and it is important to make sure that we live that journey with integrity so Parmenter how would people find you just give us the the 10 second email address or the foundation website I stepped down from the foundation on the 1st of April 2019 after five years and returned to the UK Um you can find me on my website www.pamindavia.com and I'm using my website I guess as a you know a platform for telling stories for around entrepreneurship sharing my passion around films talking about films talking about sharing the amazing books that I've read which have influenced me and and guided me um my passion for art and culture um which you can follow um and read on the website or the web blog, as I call it. 
Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. Please do reach out to Parminder and follow her web log. And we hope that you will join us again soon to learn more about innovating how you lead. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.